The last few weeks we've been celebrating Christmas and we've been talking about who Jesus was at birth and what he is going to be and who he is going to be to you. This Christmas season, uh, we've been really pressing in to our congregation that Christ is the Messiah that is born into this world so that you and I may have life everlasting. And we've been challenging our group to actually take Christmas far beyond just these four weeks leading up to December, but to make it a yearly thing. You know, tonight we, we don't have candles here to, write, to light as the, as the season of Advent would do. And if we did, it would look something like this. We would have one for hope. We would have one for joy. We would have one for peace and one for love. And just kind of look at them for a second. Everybody blink once or twice. That kind of shows you the flickering. So if we're just... <laughs> So now that they've flickered a little bit for you, this is really how the candles would look. And, and this is what we've gone through. The last four weeks, they call it Advent season, which is the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. Tonight would be the final Sunday. And in these four weeks, this is what we're celebrating. We're celebrating into the world has come a child. And the child is born so that you and I can have life. But tonight, as it, as it is an evening, we want to talk about the light of the world, something that we kind of we miss out sometimes when we just talk about the four beautiful things that Christ brought. He brought hope, he brought peace, he brought, love, he brought love, but really he also brought light into the world. And we want to celebrate that night, uh, that light on this Christmas Eve night. Now Jesus is the light of the world. The Bible tells us very uh, straightforward and very powerfully, if you read in many different parts of the Bible, especially in the Gospels, that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He is the one that everybody was waiting for. He is the light of the world. Now listen, if you're a Christian, he's not the light of the world for you. If you're not a Christian, he's not just the light of the world for you. He's the light of the world for everyone. We sometimes forget as Christians that, oh, he's my God and he's, the, he's my light, but he's really the light for people that believe and people that are kind of in between and the people that don't believe. He's still their light. It's just their job to figure out what that light is. So kind of let's pose a question for a second. As we come to this Christmas Eve night, as we kind of get ready for what tomorrow may bring and what this evening's going to bring, I know what it's going to bring for me, lots of tamales and beans and rice. <laughs> Amen, huh? But beyond that, there's more about Christmas. What is Jesus to you? Some would say he's just a man, but it was a good man. I think that's kind of short-sighted because there's a lot of good men and women in this room. There's been a lot of great men in history, and Jesus, apart from that, would probably be considered a great man, but some would just say he's a man, and I, and I understand that, because the truth is he was a man, but I think he was more than a man. Some that even say he's a teacher, and a lot of religion use him as teachers. The Muslims, the Buddhists, and, and many others use him as a great teacher. You'd be surprised on how many people believe that Jesus was a great teacher, but as Christians, and as what we believe in this church, he is God, and he is man, and he is Jesus, and he's our Savior. That's who we believe he is. And we'd love to present that to you, because that's the most important part. Yeah, we took an offering from missionaries, and if no money comes in, it's not going to be a big deal, because the most important part is we're together on Christmas Eve celebrating Jesus, making him first 
in the middle of this Christmas season. As we come into the eve, we realize that Jesus is the light of the world. Listen, whatever you believe, some people don't know. They're middle ground, or I have a bunch of friends that have gone, yeah, I used to believe, but somehow, some way, something got in between. My job, my life, my marriage, my kids, my work, you know, some bad advice, or some bad pastoring or bad churches, and they've separated me, and it happens. We, we are just human beings, but here's what the Bible tells us, and I just kind of want to give you the, 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 um, the Reader's Digest version. Who Jesus was, was predicted long ago. In this world, we, we put Nostradamus as one of the greatest minds of all times. And, and a lot of stuff that he said has come true. But the truth is, everything has come true about Jesus Christ. He was prophesied about, and he also fulfilled those prophecies. What, Jesus, what was predicted about Jesus has truly come true. How do we know that? Because we know the story. He was born in a manger, and he died upon a cross, and he rose, and we have salvation from that. And when we put our life and our heart in a walk with Jesus, somehow, some way, through the Holy Spirit, our life changes. That's what's happened to me, and that's what's happened to many, you, uh, many you, of you. So who is this Jesus? He's one that we should believe. The Bible says he's a wonderful counselor, a mighty God. More than a man, he's an everlasting father, and he brings princes, he's the prince of peace. So tonight we're going to talk about this. Now, who is Jesus to you? This man, I looked and there's a website, the names of God. He's got over 603 names. Somebody that's got that many names, it's got to be more than just a man. And his names mean a lot. So if you're able to stand, let's stand. We're going to read a little bit from the Bible. We're going to go back to Isaiah chapter 9. And we're going to talk about who Jesus is and what was happening. It was kind of like tonight. It's a little dark in here. And then what happens is a new day dawns. So I kind of want to start a little bit before this in Isaiah chapter 1. It's not on the screen, but just trust me, it's in the Bible. Actually, don't trust me. Go read it for yourself. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 says, Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go, go on forever. In the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, will, then they will be humbled. But then the time of the future will come when the Galilee, the Galilee of the Gentiles, which, longs, which runs along the line of the roads between Jordan and the sea, will build before glory. So here's what's happening. At this moment, Isaiah is prophesying, it's not going to be dark forever. Even in this room, it's going to be just like that. It's not going to be dark forever. What's going to happen is a new day is going to dawn. And that's what's prophesied in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in pitch dark, a pitch dark land, a new light has dawned. And the Bible says that that new light is Jesus Christ. If you go a little bit further in the text, it says, For a child is born, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called these wonderful names. Counselor, God, Father, and Prince of Peace. This is who he is. This is who laid in the manger. And not only did he lay in the manger, he grew in wisdom and stature, the Bible says. And then he taught us and led us into eternity through what he did upon the cross. So I know that you're here today and you're ready for a Christmas Eve, but let's just pray. 
For, for many months now, we've been praying that God would bring salvation, that God would speak to us together as a congregation, and that God would transform us. And we've been praying. And somebody in this room is going to be the benefit of that tonight. So let's just bow our heads and listen to the glory of God. Open up your hearts to maybe a place that you've never opened it up and ask God, speak to me tonight. Speak to me about who you really are to me. Not Jeff Rodriguez, put your name in there. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. Lord, we submit everything that we are. Lord, we put our will before you. Lord, we put our problems, we put our desires we put our finances before you, Lord. We put our relationships, our children, our parents, Lord, our sicknesses, and we put our joys before you tonight. And I ask, Lord, as we learn more about you, I ask that you light up our lives, that you bring eternity inside of us, and we become a light to this world for you. Father, we dearly love you. And Father, we have been praying for a year that people will come to know you through salvation. Lord, we've been praying for a year that you would speak directly to your people. And Lord, we've been praying for a year that you will transform us as a body of individuals glorifying you. You will transform us out of our old life and into the glorious arms that you have provided for us. Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for Jesus. And we ask for your glorious son to be blessed tonight. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen. Go ahead and be seated. So today I want to talk about the light. Jesus was born in a manger. His mother was a virgin. His birth was miraculous. And then after that birth, people came from all over claiming him as Lord and Savior. Prophecy was fulfilled. And Jesus came into this world so that you and I may have life everlasting and have a direct relationship with Christ and God through the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus is here. But let's talk a little bit deeper. Tonight I want to talk about the light of God, what it is. In this verse that we see Isaiah, who was a prophet in the Old Testament, one that was spoken to by God and told, go and tell the people what I'm telling you to say. That's what a prophet does. He went to kings and people and uh, 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 leaders of the community and said, hey, this is what God is saying. And most people don't like prophets. They don't want to hear from them because most of the time the news wasn't great. But here's what it says tonight. People walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in pitch dark, a light has dawned. The first part of tonight's message I want you to think about is a light dawned. A light showed up. It was like a sunrise coming into existence. A light, a great light has dawned. What does that mean? A light dawns for those that are living in a hopeless life. Those that don't feel hope in the world anymore. This new light has dawned. There's a light for those that are depressed. They don't feel like they, they are, are complete and whole. Those that are depressed and oppressed by the world and the things around the world. A light has dawned for those. Those that are living in chaos, a lot of us have things going on around us that are chaotic. And in those moments, we are to put the light of Jesus Christ in the middle of that so that that light can dawn. There's a light for the unloved, a light for the lonely, a light for those that want to change. Many of us come into the new year and we want to change. Most of it's around the waist size. Don't look at me. 
I'm sure it'll be my New Year's resolution, or resolution for the 42nd time. <laughs> Probably will last about three weeks as it always does. The point is this. Jesus is a light. And if you're a Christian and you've been around for many years, there's also a light for you, a light for more intimacy with God. Saying, this next year, I'm going to work uh, deeply in my relationship with you, Lord. I'm going to spend some quality time. I'm going to read. I'm going to pray. I'm going to serve. I'm going to join a Bible study. I'm going to be more. I maybe, maybe do some Bible studies through seminary. I'm going to do more for you so I can have this deep, powerful, intimate relationship. A light has dawned. A new day has cracked in to this world. And it's going to change the world forever. It's going to bring new life. New life in Christ or new life for Christ. That's what God is doing in our life. Think about a sunrise and how that sunrise, when you see a sunrise, I don't see too many of those. I'm a guy that likes to sleep in until about 8.30 or 9, but I heard there's a beautiful sunrise. <laughs> Somebody took this one. It sure wasn't me. But this is what new life looks like. Have you ever had one of those days when you just see the sunrise and you're like, man, it could be a great day. Usually for about 30 minutes later, it's not, but it sounded like it was going to be good. This is what life is. A, a light has dawned upon the world. This light is not going to change. This light is not going to fail you. This light will be everything and more than you've ever thought it would be. That's what we're talking about. You're no longer stuck in darkness. What does darkness look like? Darkness looks lonely, scary, angry, frustrated, broke. You know what Christ looks like? Pretty much all the same of those things, but with a little bit more hope, a little bit more love, a little bit more joy, and a little bit more fellowship helping you get out of that and bridging into a better place. That's the only difference. Christians aren't better. They're even more flawed. They just have a Savior to help them fix their flaws. That's the light of the world. We are no longer stuck in darkness. So the first image is a light has dawned. The second image is a light has been revealed. This is my favorite part of the Christmas story because as a pastor, one of the pastors here, um, Christmas, uh, the Christmas story is something we never touch throughout the year because we're trying to save it for a Christmas season, right? You never want to touch it. And what happens is we never talk about the things that happened after Jesus' life. And here's some of the exciting things that happened after Jesus' life, and it's really the favorite part of the Christmas story. Jesus was born, and as a Jewish man, eight days later, he needed to be purified, and he needed to be, men, close your ears, circumcised. It's a little easier at eight years old. I mean, eight months old. I mean, eight days old, sorry. Wow, I was just going to keep going. But he was getting uh, ritually purified so that he can be a proper Jewish man. And he is presented into the temple as he goes to many times. In, 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 as a 12-year-old and as a 30-year-old and 33-year-old, he goes to the temple quite a bit. And eight days later, he goes into the temple. And there's a man, and his name's Simeon. I'm just going to read some of this. This is my favorite part of the story. At the time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. And he was righteous and devout, and he's eagerly waiting the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So Mary and Joseph, when they came to bring baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He was there celebrating. 
waiting for the Lord to reveal the light of the world. And Luke chapter 2 verse 28 says this. Simeon was there and he took the child in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have, pro as you have promised. I have seen your salvation which you've prepared for all the people. He is a light revealed he is a light to reveal God to the nations. He is the glory of your people Israel. He is the light that God will use to reveal to all the nations. He is the one that is going to be revealed and held up. He is going to be lifted high and said, this is the light of the world. This is the one that is going to be a savior. Not only was he prophesied about, now he has been revealed and says, this is the one that you have been waiting for. Now I may die and pass on because the light of the world is in my hands. And I thank you, Lord, for that. When the light is the world is revealed, when the light is revealed to you, what do you do? The first thing we do as Christians is we celebrate. We praise and worship God. That's why we sing songs in church. We celebrate and praise him for who he is. Then what do we do is we follow him. We open up the word of God and say, Lord, I want to be closer to you. I want to know more about that light. I want that light to be a part of my life, and I choose to follow him. It's a choice. Faith is a choice. Christianity is a choice. But the beautiful thing about it is when you choose, you receive so much more. The benefits and, and the love and, and the wholeness and the healing that happens in Christ is unbelievable. It's almost hard to speak about. The experience of Christ is powerful. When this light is revealed, we live for him. And it sounds weird, but we die to self. It's, not no, it's no longer I who lives, but it's he who lives in me. And when he lives in me and I die to my will and my ways and the ideas and thoughts that I have, Christ rises up. Even in the toughest times, he shows himself. Even in the times of our greatest pain or our greatest failure or our greatest argument, he rises up and shows himself and he lifts the light up. When Jesus is raised up as an eight-day-old baby, the light of the world has been revealed and all we have to do is celebrate and follow him, believe that he is the light of the world, and watch our life be molded around his life. And in that, our life is transformed. And it's really beautiful to all mankind. There's nothing better than a testimony of God through an individual that's gone through a hard time or that's just gone through life and has put Jesus first. That testimony stands above all other testimonies. Because people love a good testimony. So light has dawned. Now we've had the child raised up and it's been revealed. So now what? Now what do we do? Well, we need to use our light. We use our light. There's a little song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Well, it's good to sing, but if we don't use it, what good is it? We need to use our light. The Apostle Paul knew this very well. He knew the story of Jesus he had an encounter with Jesus after Jesus had died. He became a, a devout follower of Jesus, even though he wanted to kill the followers of Jesus. He had a radical transformation. And after all of that and his testimony changed from killer to follower, he understood that we need to use our light. And no one used their light more than the Apostle Paul. And here's what he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. 
when you put Jesus in your life, it's not me getting up here preaching, oh, Jeff, you're a really great guy. The truth is, I've got a lot of failures and flaws. I make a lot of mistakes. I've got some issues that I've got to deal with, and I'm no better. So we don't go around preaching about me and what I've done and how much I've studied the Bible. The Apostle Paul says, no, we preach about Jesus Christ, that he is Lord, and that we ourselves are his servants for Jesus' sake. When the light is revealed, then the use of it is turning away from myself and saying, I'm not to be glorified. I'm not the one giving a great message. I'm not the one that's doing great things. It's God who's doing something, and he can use a knucklehead like me. And I wasn't going to call you a knucklehead, but people like you to, to move the gospel forward. That's what he wants. He wants the gospel to move forward. The question is, Will you do it? Here's what it says, verse 6. For God said, for God who said, let there be light in darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so that we can know the glory of God that has been seen in the face of Christ. Christ came into the world. We celebrate this little baby. We come face to face with him in church and in service and through other people in this world. And we see God's glory and that light shines. And I go, when I see that light in someone, I'm like, I want to be like that. I want to walk in faith like that. And it's generally not the pastor. It's generally someone in the congregation, a lady that loves the Lord and studies, or a man that prays and serves. That's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be the hands and feet of God like Dustin was talking about. People being sent out to Slovakia and Mexico, going out and giving gifts and being the hands and feet of God. That's using their light. Verse 32 says, he is the light. No, wrong verse. He says, now the light is shining in our hearts. This is Jesus, and he is shining in our hearts. What are we going to do with that light? How are we going to use it? It's great to have a light in our life, but if we don't use it for anything, it makes no sense. The truth is, what we tend to do is muffle our light. We tend to hide our light. We tend to not show people our light. I don't want people to know I'm a Christian. But the truth is, God wants us to use our light. God wants us to pull the light out of our life and say, I'm going to use this light of mine. I'm not going to hide it anymore. I'm not going to sit on it. I'm not going to cover it. I'm not going to hide it on my desk. I'm going to turn it up and say, this is my light, and I'm going to use it for the glory of God. He wants us to use his light. How do we use light? Well, one of the ways light is used in this world is to grow things. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, what does it say? God said, let there be light. And then there was light, and he was pleased, and then creation formed. Light starts to grow things and move things, and because of that light, creation kind of evolves with God's work. God creates light so that we can grow. Light teaches us to grow, and we use light to grow. We have this thing called photosynthesis. I don't know what it would be like without having light. I know that we wouldn't live as long. Our skin needs it. Our plants need it. The world needs light, and it helps us grow. When we tap into this light, when we make it part of our life, it helps us grow. The second thing it does is it guides us. If there was no, but nothing up here but just this light, if the light just happened to turn off right now, if the light just happened to turn off right now, well, it would have been really cool. If the light would have turned off right now and this is all you could see and there was no Christmas lights, nothing on the screen, and this was the only light, honestly, it would guide us. And many would start to huddle 
especially if it gone on more than a minute or two or five minutes. The night of the fires, our whole lo- our, our power was out for 36 hours. And we gathered around a candle. That was the first time we'd ever done that. The light guides us. It guides us out of darkness and takes us into places, brings us into safety. I don't know about you, but when, when the lights went out, my girls all ran to the candle, and all of a sudden, once we were close to the candle, we felt safe. We felt comforted. And then we started looking at Twitter and stuff, and then we felt bad again, but we were comforted there for a minute. <laughs> so don't pick up the phone, I guess, is the motive there. Hey, you can turn the light backs on. Thanks for that timing. That was really good. Good job, guys. <laughs> the last thing the light does is it gathers people. Have you realized that? Why do, we, what, why do people go to church? I've been asking this question all year in my head. Why do people go to church? Why do we go to church? Well, the truth is, what we do is there's a couple people that are on fire for the Lord, and we want to gather around them. I want to be close to that person. So the light of the world gathers. We gather around that. We gather around. If you've ever been to a beach bonfire and you're not invited, you kind of just randomly walk up, and you're like, hey, what's going on? I've done that a couple times, by the way. I won't even get into the stories, but I just know that the fire lets us gather. All over time, all throughout time, the light has been a gathering element. You're driving down the highway. There's a light up the road. Maybe there's gas or food there. You're walking in the forest at night. There's a light. A house is on. All all the time, light gathers and brings people. Christ's plan is for you and me to gather, get strengthened, and then go back into the world and use these light Use this light for his good. So what are we going to do with it? The Bible says the light is in me. Don't let it hide. Don't bury it. Don't put it back in your pocket where nobody can see. Most of us Christians are so ashamed. And I get it. But you don't have to be. God loves it when we're persecuted. I don't, but he does. God loves it when people say, I don't believe, I don't want to go to Christmas service. God loves it when you put your faith out there and you become the hands and feet because somehow, some way, he does great things. The Bible says this light is in you. Jesus, uh, John 8, 12 says Jesus spoke to his people. Jesus was out there and he was speaking to a group of people just like this. And he says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads you to life. Jesus is the light of the world, and he says, if you follow me, you will never have to live in darkness. Because he will lead you to life. Who's Jesus? For me, he's my life. For many in this room, he's our everything. And our hope and prayer is that somebody came tonight looking for a life. And all they got to do is look to the light and the one that's preaching this word about light and make him part of your life. John chapter 1 verse 4 says this, and we'll close with this and sing some songs. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That That light shines in darkness, and darkness cannot overcome that light. Let's light up our lights right now. If you believe that Jesus is the light of the world, hold your light up. 
If you believe Jesus can conquer all things in this world, lift your light up and let your light shine. Today in this room, we are not ashamed of who Jesus Christ is. We light our light, we lift it up and says, Jesus is my light. Everybody say, Jesus is my light. He is the light of the world and he's excited about who you are. Let's do this. Everybody do this. No, I just do one way. You guys are. You know, we're going to sing a song, and then after I'm going to come out and pray for the service today. I'm so grateful that you're here. Our light shines. Our light shines. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let's sing.